Welcome to It's Karmic. I'm your host, Bika Bradford. This is a sacred space to connect with karma and past lives through astrology, energy work, and intuition. Hello and welcome to the It's Karmic podcast with me, your host, Vika Bradford. And today is going to be a solo episode, just me and the mic or the headphones until I set my mic up. (laughs) And we're diving into the Gemini full moon, the winter solstice, and that energy we're moving into at this time collectively, and how that is affecting us, how we might be feeling right now, um, the, the energetic sensations that are arising. I really wanted to tap into them as today I was tapping into the full moon report and what's coming through for me. And It's an interesting moon, and I don't know if I'm the only one sort of feeling this right now, as there are some astrologers out there right now really tapping into this opposition of this moon and the galactic center. Now, the galactic center is not necessarily something I work with, um, so that energy force is sort of new to me. It's something I'm going to dive into later, but it's not something I've worked with up until this point in my journey, so it's not speaking to me on a higher level at this point as I'm tapping into the chart of this moon and what I'm seeing is very um very lovely it's calming it's beautiful and so maybe as astrologers are talking about the galactic center and this activation uh, maybe it won't be as intense as other aspects we've felt over the last year the last two years and so maybe that's what I'm tapping into but what I'm seeing for this moon is sort of a culmination of the last 18 months of the lunar nodes being in Gemini and Sagittarius. So we have this last big, beautiful full moon in Gemini closing the year for us. And I really do feel it as this like chapter ending of the lunar nodes in this axis. So let's just talk about the lunar nodes real quick because I don't believe we've gone over them in a podcast Uh, at all in the series. So um, just tapping into the last 18 months, we've had the nodes shift from Cancer and Capricorn into Gemini and Sagittarius. And that happened around uh, maybe around June 2020. It was around that time. So we had been in this energetic force where the world literally invited us home, invited us in to isolation, into um, a period of reflection of inward sort of momentum or lack thereof as the Cancer nodes finished up there, the Cancer Capricorn axis. And when this journey began, a flood of information began, okay? So this two-tiered side of information, the Gemini axis of seeking information, left brain, very linear data, facts, um, facts, 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 right? Whereas Sagittarius is that, that right brain of abstract thinking, of turning facts into ideas, of turning facts into belief systems. And this is the axis we began on. And we could see it over the last two years around so many conversations around misinformation, around 
there even being factual information around um, solid facts being anything when we know we live in this universe of duality and polarity and the clarity of that sort of was lost and thrown to the wayside over the last 18 months. And we really saw the world dive into this, mm, this polarized place of half the world believing one thing and half believing another, and this rigid dogmatic thinking around my belief system being the right belief system. And that is very Sagittarius South node. Now we know the South node is our old karma, our uh, old information, karmic information, repeated patterns. When we're looking at the Sagittarius South node, we're talking all about repeated patterns around belief systems, around internalized truth, around the facts that we make into our ideas. And so there seems to be a forgetting with Sagittarius in its lower aspects that information is always growing, always expanding, which is interesting with the expansive nature of Sagittarius. Um, but there can be this rigidity in the, it's my belief system. I have formed it. It is the only belief system, right? That's the lower energy force of Sagittarius. And when Sagittarius is in its higher expression, it is really about um, expanding the mind, seeing all views, climbing each mountaintop and seeing a different view uh, cosmically, collectively, forever. And so we've seen over the last two years, this shutdown of anything that is not aligned with our belief systems for the term cognitive dissonance coming in so hard uh, because we cannot accept what we have not formed. Um, and the invitation over the last two years was really into Gemini, into polarity, into um, seeing things from a new perspective. And Gemini is all about our perspective of the world, how we meet the world, how we see the world and changing our perception of the world was the invitation over the last 18 months. One of my favorite astrologers at the beginning of this transit talked about Gemini being the energy of uh, being able to see that there are two sides to every coin. And I absolutely sat with that for the last 18 months because it really, really showed me how not to get stuck in the rigidity of my belief systems and how to stay expansive in my mind, stay expansive in my thoughts and be open to polarity and duality and always try to consider another viewpoint when my cognitive dissonance comes into play, which it does constantly. So we have been in this push-pull um, sort of fractal experience over the last 18 months of Gemini seeking to learn, discover, play, be curious, and Sagittarius South Node really shutting that down and saying, no, like we know the truth when the truth is this quantum ungraspable thing that we, we cannot hold we cannot know it's always expanding um the the conversation around science right now being trust the science well that's completely a sagittarius lower octave energy when science is an ever expanding study science is to continually learn to continually grow to continually 
find new information, keep testing, keep testing, keep testing. There is no finite answer. You can disagree with that, but it would be cognitive dissonance coming in. So that right there is the lower octave of Sagittarius. Be curious if that triggers you. Now, as we move into this moon, we are in this final phase of the nodes. The nodes are going to shift in January into Taurus and Scorpio, which is a whole other conversation we're going to get into. But right now we're in this closing phase of this two year almost conversation of letting ourselves become curious, changing our perspective, allowing ourselves to see life through a new and more expanded lens, and then not getting stuck in belief systems or trying to form new belief systems, but allowing our experience to unfold and staying in the curiosity. I love the term, the the cosmic joker for for Gemini, because it is truly an archetypal energy for Gemini's uh, playful curiosity, coyote nature. Gemini is a Mercurian energy and Mercury is a trickster. He is a joker. He's always sort of ready to play a jest or, or, or do that with the universe. And we really have been in the sensation of being in a cosmic joke for the last two years. So can we be curious? Can we lean into that curiosity on this moon as the sun sort of comes in and illuminates all this Gemini information through the Sagittarius lens? And we find this axis once again, right? Emotionally, we're tapping into these Gemini traits right now. We're activating that North node energy that we've been feeling for the last 18 months. Now note that North node is not conjunct this moon. Um, but I just mean the flavor that we've been feeling for the last 18 months, fadedly teaching us into our, our teaching us to move into our destiny is what we're feeling right now on an emotional level. And when we have the moon in her fullness, she truly invites us into celebration. She invites us into affirmation, confirmation, um, and to truly look at all that we have done and reflect and think, how have I grown? How have I achieved what I wanted to achieve? Have I, have I reached the pinnacle of Gemini energies? And so right now I'm really feeling into the nodes and have we reached the pinnacle of learning and being curious and expanding our minds on that upper sort of higher aspect of the Sagittarius South node, um, releasing old belief systems and creating ones that maybe are more aligned with where we're going as a collective, but also internally. So really tapping into what have you learned over the last 18 months? Who have you released? Who have you become? What discoveries have you made within your perception of the world? How has your perception of the world changed and expanded? This is really what we're tapping into. So with that, with that energy force, there's such an invitation for play, for communication, for connection, and 
storytelling at this time. I love Gemini's archetype as the storyteller, as the intellectual um, who wants to carry stories into the world, who wants to tell us these beautiful stories so that we can connect in with things. I mean, I love connecting in with mythology and with um, using the archetypal expressions to understand why we as humans do what we do, why we feel the way we feel, why we uh, connect to certain icons in the way that we do. And Gemini helps weave that story. So if stories are a part of your life, if reading is a part of your life, if documentaries and exploring your mind in this very linear, um, fact-based energetic way, then this is a moon that maybe will be more of an invitation to go deeper into those learnings, deeper into that discovery, and then also leaning into that sun energy right now of Sagittarius, and then taking your learnings and forming something out of them, you know, bringing them into the collective and seeing what we can do with that information. So it, it really, it really is this axis of left brain, right brain, um, linear, thinking and abstract thinking at this time. And we're highlighting the, the moon energy of Gemini, that right, or sorry, that left brain energy, um, and really leaning into it. So we're tapping in, we're feeling into it. And I loved to connect in with, with Gemini as this throat chakra energy, because it is this mercury based energy. Um, and it invites us into learning and playing and seeing that the world has a constant state of duality and polarity and that we get to tap into, are we speaking our truth? Are we speaking, um, are we speaking from a higher place? Are we connected in with our guides, with ourself, with our source, with our highest belief systems, our most authentic belief systems, and then speaking it into the world? I mean, just tapping into, are we speaking our truth without fear? And that is such a big conversation right now. I'm not going to say any trigger words right now. I'm not going to get shut down on here, but I mean, let's just, we'll say, talk about censorship and about being able to speak our truth without fear at this time is such a big big conversation. And no matter where you are on the spectrum, if you're listening to this, I can assume you're probably leaning to toward one side rather than the other, but um, wherever you are on the spectrum, you, you can see that speaking your truth at this time is challenged. And is this moon not an invitation to speak it louder, to, to be so firmly placed in your truth, in your learnings, in your commitment to learn more and more and more and expand and learn and just keep gathering information, knowing that all we see is not true. All we see can be uh, manipulated and controlled and shifted. And so we have to stay in a curious mindset in order to know or perceive the world um, in many, many ways, understanding that we're not seeing everything. Gemini, Mercury, they rule the media and there is manipulation that can happen with Gemini when, when it's in its lowest octave. It is media 
manipulation. It is word manipulation. Um, and so we have to invite the higher octave of speaking our truth, of opening our throat chakras, of allowing the energy to move from crown to root to root to crown and flow through us in a way that allows us to speak out and really speak our truth into existence. And this layers into manifestation. It layers into energy work. We have to release. We have to speak into creation. I mean, abracadabra means to, um, I speak to create. And so we speak these spells, these words, these, um, these things we say, they mean so much. And so maybe right now, this moon is a big invitation into what you're saying, how you're speaking, how you're perceiving the world and what you're saying about the world, how you're perceiving yourself and what you're saying about yourself, how you're perceiving your loved ones and what you're saying about them, how you're perceiving the people you are, are viewing as being on the opposing side of you, because there is such a polarity in the world that we see. Um, how can we sort of be more conscious of our words, be more conscious of the spells we are uh, creating with our mouths and our throats and tune into being more conscious in what we're creating. Can we call for freedom? Can we call for um, alignment? Can we call for peace? Can we speak peace into reality? Can we speak freedom into reality? Can we invoke our throats and our Mercurian Gemini energy to create a world that is of a higher consciousness. And that leads me right into this beautiful trine that we have with the moon and Jupiter right now. Jupiter is in Aquarius and it is this potent, beautiful doorway, opportunity, transit of luck, offering us new, new places to step through into a new collective, a new view, these words we're speaking, this manifestation we're using, these spells we're weaving unintentionally or intentionally are creating our collective um, view, our collective perception, our world. And as Jupiter finishes up its final days in Aquarius, it is about the collective vision. It is about our collective abundance, our collective connection, our expanded liberations and freedoms and can we speak more consciously more in alignment to call in the freedom that we truly seek the liberation that we truly seek the the revolutionary energy that we are calling for and can we speak and see the world in a way that we want to create it rather than um, using our words to fall into fear or using our words to be angry or using our words to fall into these negative holes, knowing that the, the people doing things right now, doing things that we don't necessarily agree with, want us to fall into those negative holes, want us to be in those negative um, energy spaces and use our words to create a further divide. So can we be more conscious into how we are viewing the world and the, the peace, the unity, the one love energy that we get to call in? Can we use our words more consciously at this time? So that's really what I'm feeling in for this moon. 
Um, it feels actually quite calm. It feels quite good. Uh, that might just be a personal energy for me. Uh, it's not activating anything in my chart. So maybe that's why I'm feeling a calm, but just knowing that it is still activating a house, whether it's activating anything in your chart, it's activating a house in your chart. So we can tap into that. So knowing that if you have anything around 27 degrees of Gemini of Sagittarius right now, you're either having that Gemini conjunction, Sagittarius opposition, um, or if you have anything around 27 degrees Virgo, 27 degrees uh, Pisces right now, you've got a square going on. So you might be feeling activated. You might be feeling something going on in your life. And you're going to look to the house to see where that is activating you and the sign, um, sorry, not the sign, the uh, actual placement. So whether it's your moon, your sun, whatever you're rising um, to see what is being activated, what's being turned on and just asking questions, asking questions about how you're feeling, what's coming up, what themes are arising and how you can ground in. My biggest suggestion for you right now is to tap into June of 2021, around June 10th, and see what did you plant for that Gemini new moon that we had six months ago? What seeds were you planting? What were you looking to call in? Maybe you keep a journal and you'd like to reflect back on that journal around June 10th to see what you were really calling into your life, what you were trying to bring into fruition. Have you created it? Have you realigned? Do you need to release as we move away from the full moon? So we release after the full moon, we celebrate on the full moon, okay? It's full, so use her energy, drink it up, dance, move, um, be in the true enjoyment of full moon lunar energies. Okay, so that is the full moon. It's a beautiful time to be tapping into the throat chakra, uh, bringing crystals into your practice like uh, blue lace agate, crystal cola, sodalite, anything that's going to be activating the throat. Um, if you're feeling like your throat chakra is overactive at this time, maybe you're going to ground, maybe you're going to bring in some onyx, um, some tourmaline, anything that's going to sort of bring you back down to earth, maybe it's some hematite journaling reflecting these are all good practices to bring in around the moon uh i love to tap in and journal maybe pull some oracle cards just see what's going on what is the energy telling me um but also just tapping into you into your your guidance your chart maybe it's slowing down into being absolutely nothing i know a lot of my souls i'm working with right now are being called to do absolutely nothing right now so that is okay. And that's a gentle reminder for everyone that we don't have to do anything on these moons. The moon does the energy force for us. Um, so you can just allow and you can just be in it if that feels really good. And if it feels good to get into ritual, go ahead, move into it. Um, but don't force yourself into anything. Trust the process. <laughs> okay. So tapping into the winter solstice. We're moving into this energy portal next week. It is on Tuesday, I believe, the 21st. And let's just start by talking about the Capricorn sun transit. So the, the sun is going to move into Capricorn, which in itself is a big shift, right? We move from Sagittarius, which we just talked all about. Um, and Sagittarius in its highest aspects, which we didn't talk too much about, is all about freedom, expansion, optimism, faith, um, expanding our minds, traveling, 
these quests we go on so that we can um, know what we want or know how we want to better the collective or do what we want to do. It, it's really about expanding the way we see the world. And then Capricorn comes in and it's all about grounding that knowledge, okay? Grounding that ancient knowledge and doing something with it, setting goals, um, tapping into your ambition, tapping into your your sense of self and how you want to leave a legacy in this world. Okay. The Capricorn energy, the 10th house energy, the Saturn energy is the work we're going to do. Okay. It's how we're going to be recognized the legacy we're going to leave. And I really love tapping into Capricorn as the legacy we're going to leave lately. That's just like my term for Capricorn. And we find it in that 10th house, like the legacy we are going to leave it is there. Capricorn invites us into doing the work, not giving up, being completely determined and practical and grounded and just like getting shit done. And I absolutely love Capricorn energy. It's the highest um, energy. It's in a little bit of a battle with Virgo in my chart for being the highest energy in my chart. So Capricorn is something I speak well. Um, and when the sun moves into Capricorn, it's like the whole world moves into get it done mode. And so this is kind of that point, uh, right around before Christmas where people are like, wow, I got so much to do. I got to get it done. I got to get everything together. Um, and when we tap into the world, when we move into astrology and we start to see the world from an astrological view, we start to wonder, about um, a lot of things. And one of the things that pops into my mind is this go, go, go energy that happens around that, that Christmas energy, which I personally am shifting into Yule and the winter solstice and away from Christmas, because it truly just doesn't align with my, um, my beliefs and my energetic sort of makeup. So when I'm watching this from an outsider's view, releasing Christmas, I see uh, a lot of the material sort of focus that happens with Capricorn and giving is such a beautiful thing that comes at winter solstice at Yule. You'll always had a, a aspect of giving involved in it, but then we see this Capricorn patriarchal, um, capitalistic, and I have no views on uh, negative aspects on capitalism. I don't think it's a negative thing. I'm going to put that out there, but we do see this capitalistic view of getting, 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 giving, 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 spending, spending, spending. And it is interesting that we finish out the modern view on the new year um, with Capricorn because Capricorn's all about goals. It's all about ambitions, right? It's all about setting goals so that we can achieve. And do we not set our new year's intentions? Do we not set these new year's resolutions, which often fail because we do not have um, enough understanding of what Capricorn truly needs. Okay. Capricorn needs a plan. Capricorn needs a focus, a focal point. It needs to be practical. And most people's new year's resolutions are not practical, right? We just kind of pick a, a, a dream. It's almost a dream out of a hat. And we say, I'm going to do this this year, but there's no actual plan. Capricorn is the plan. Capricorn makes the plan. Um, and without the understanding of the astrology of why we set these new year's resolutions, um, it is just an intention and there's nothing wrong with intentions. Intentions are beautiful, but intentions need pieces of the puzzle, right? It needs a plan. It needs some way to move forward and take us into that goal deeper. Um, at least it needs a starting point. It needs a little bit of focus and Capricorn does that. So as we're moving into this 
energy on the winter solstice, we come into this very Capricornian energy. We feel the shift from expanding ourselves, becoming optimistic into let's get it done. And the winter solstice is this beautiful time to slow down for a moment and find recognition and honor as we meet the longest night of the year. Okay. The longest night, the darkest night and the shortest day. And so as we are allowing this dark night to happen, we recognize that the light is returning. So it is an honoring, but it's also a death and rebirth feeling and sensation uh, releasing. Okay. And we're stepping into the celebration of light. And so in ancient times, this really would have been a celebration into the returning of the light and how that meant the, the winter was coming to a close and winter was often hard for most people who celebrated the solstice um, or celebrated that, that winter solstice. It's, it's the time of knowing um, spring is coming. It's on its way. And so we can honor these long nights at this time, honor the inward focal energy, right? We're turning inward. We have been turning inward since uh, since September, since really the autumn equinox, uh, but we are turning inward deeper and deeper and deeper. And we kind of are at that point right now where we maybe we're feeling our deepest um, and it might feel different for you just where you're living. Uh, often I know February is one of the coldest months here in Canada. So that might be that time where you're feeling maybe your actual deepest, but there is that sensation in February of wanting to just break out of that hibernation. Um, so we're in this point on the winter solstice where we're completely turned inward um, in this hibernation mode. And remember that hibernation mode is going to differ for everyone based on your personal cycles, but the collective cycle is to be inward at this time and celebrate all we've learned in our inward hibernation as we honor and call back the sun, right? We invoke the sun to return. Many, many traditions would give energy or um, gifts or offerings to the sun gods to come back faster. Um, and that's where we get to land into this reflection and reverence and releasing energy. Okay. So it's very transformative. We can call in many, many goddesses at this time. Um, to help us release anything that you've kind of gathered over the last year that doesn't feel aligned, that needs to go, and then set intentions moving into the new year. So these don't necessarily need to be goals, right? At this time, even though it is Capricorn, we're just stepping into Capricorn. Maybe these just are intentions into how you would like to shift yourself in the next year or what you'd like to see, what you'd like to invoke and asking the light to shine on those energies as you call in um, this shift, this awakening, this rebirth energy. So allow yourself at this winter solstice to go inward, whether you get to gather in um, in person, as I am doing in my, my live event, my winter solstice circle, or maybe it's virtual. You can join me for my winter solstice virtual circle as well. Um, or maybe you're just doing it alone. Maybe it's just you and yourself and your own energies, but no matter what you do, make time to release, make time to shed, make time to cleanse, um, and then make space to call the energies 
into yourself, call new intentions, new visions, new um, beautiful views of the world. And doesn't that just link right back up with that Gemini moon that we're, we're going to have on Saturday. So the winter solstice can be whatever you want it to be really. Um, you're welcome to dive deeper into Yule and the 12 days of Yule and how that links up so deeply with, um, the winter solstice and then ends on January, January 1st, right? These 12 days giving us an invitation to go inward and not do a lot of work and, um, really connect into our souls and our hearts and allow the energies to move through us knowing that on top of all of this, the winter solstice and the, uh, the moon, the full moon on December 24th, we're also going to have a big transit with the Uranus Saturn square, or I should say in better astrology terminology, the Saturn Uranus square. This is our fourth and final square for this year. And each time this square has happened, there is a restriction. Okay. And I mean that collectively, I mean that internally, I mean that cosmically. Um, so be prepared as we're in this final phase of this, this fight between the energies for freedom, liberation, and to stay, um, restricted and to create restrictions and this fight between the old and the new, these are the themes between these forces, Saturn and Aquarius, the old literally fighting the new and Taurus and Uranus, literally the old and the new or the, the rigid and the not so rigid. So there is this battle energy kind of happening right now. So be prepared for restrictions, for pressure, for heaviness even in the midst of hope and always knowing that that is sort of the polarity of earth and being here as an incarnated soul on earth is we are constantly in this push and pull between freedom and restriction and optimism and faith and um, chaos. That is a very earthly experience. So that's truly the energy that I'm tapping into right now. My offering to you, my invitation to dive deeper into, take your time at this juncture, junction in the universe and allow yourself the space to experience whatever you're experiencing, however you're experiencing it with an open heart an open mind and open soul. Um, go into your shadows if you need to do the work you need to do, move your body, nourish your body, soothe your body. And don't forget to be in here in the physical as much as you are in the cosmic, the mental, the spiritual, sending you so much love on this beautiful, beautiful day. And I hope you find whatever it is you're looking for. <laughs>